Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Today we want to look at number six, our capacity to choose between right and wrong. You can see straight away that that is related to number five. We said number five is man's free will. So number five focus more on the free will that we have to make rational choices. But today we, we want to talk about the capacity, the ability God has given us to then use that free will to choose between right and wrong. Okay, and this is also going to be related to number seven, which we are going to do next by the grace of God, the fact that man possesses a conscience. Now, this is very, very important, this teaching, because we live in a world now that is relative, that is relativistic, that is deterministic. We live in a world where there are no absolute truth. It is my truth. You know, your truth versus my truth. We are living in a world where there is no right, there is no wrong. That is all depend. That truth is, you know, relative. Okay, it is my truth. It is your truth. And we have various ideology that wants to challenge, you know, the existence of absolute truth. Postmodernist challenges all truth and conclude that there is no such thing as absolute truth. Postmodernism argues that truth is always relative. So we are living in a relativistic world today. Postmodernism want to argue, want to argue that the truth is always relative rather than absolute, rather than universal, that truth is contingent on historical and social context. The ideology that wants to argue that truth is neither complete and never certain. So we are living in a world now where it's a badge of honor to say, you know, I don't know. I really don't know, you know, particularly in the area of religion. So this is unfortunately the origin of so much that goes today for progressive Christianity and emergence to Christianity, where people allow postmodern thought to invade the church. And we are questioning whether they are really absolute truth, Okay. Or is there a God? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And this is the spirit. But God has given us the capacity for us to be able to choose between right and wrong because there is right and wrong. Yes, to the, to, to a postmodernist, modernist, you know, they only talk about conveniences and illusions, you know, relativism, things are not absolute. But compare that to what the Bible says. Let's read what the Bible says in the book of John chapter 18, verses 37 and the first part of 38. This was an incident that happened between the Lord Jesus Christ and Pilate. This was during the Passion Week in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ was standing in front of Pontius Pilate. They, they brought him before Pontus for him to be crucified. Pilate took him apart and there was this conversation, verse 37, John chapter 18, verse 37. Pilate therefore said unto Jesus, unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou said that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause I came into the world, 
that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that come to the truth hears my voice. The Lord Jesus said there is an absolute truth. He said, I came to bear witness of the truth, and everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Then Pilate said unto him, What is truth? That is the spirit of the age in which we live. That is the spirit of postmodernism. They challenge the very concept of absolute and universal truth. They want to contend that truth is in the eyes of the beholder. They want to say it's my truth. They want to say, look, I don't know. They want to want to establish or they want to insist that there is no absolute or universal truth. But the Lord Jesus said here that he came to bear witness of the truth. <laughs> and Pilate said unto him, what is truth? We could say that Pilate was probably the first postmodernist. But in the Bible, truth is absolute. In the Bible, truth is universal. In the Bible, truth is certain for God is truth. In fact, when you read the Bible, the Bible tells us that God is truth. The Bible tells us that Jesus is truth. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The Bible tells us that Jerusalem is the city of truth. God is the God of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And Jerusalem is the city of truth. Let's try and establish that from the scripture. Let's read Psalm chapter 31 verse 5. Psalm chapter 31 verse 5. Unto thy hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. God, our God, the God of the Bible is a God of truth. There are Truth is absolute. Truth is certain. Truth is universal. This truth we are talking about. There is a divine truth. There is a truth that comes from heaven. There is a divine truth. John chapter 14 verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus said, I am. If he is the truth, then there is no other truth outside him. The truth that saves, the truth that delivers. This truth is absolute. This truth is certain. John chapter 14, verses 16 to 17, the Lord Jesus is praying. He said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of of truth. And Zechariah chapter 8 verse 3 says, Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion, and I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called what? A city of truth, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. So you can see that in the scripture, truth is not relative. Truth is absolute. The truth that saves, the truth that delivers is absolute. And we need to understand that what is right versus what is wrong is based on the unchanging nature and attribute of God. There is right and wrong because there is absolute truth. And truth is based upon the unchanging nature of God. God is eternal. God is never changing. God is the eternal, never changing standard of truth. There is absolute truth. And because there is truth, that means there's a standard for accountability. There's a standard to which we are all going to answer to. The God of the Bible that is revealed to us in the Bible is a God that is holy. It's a God that is just. It's a God that is righteous. That is the standard of truth. Because 
truth is based upon the nature of God because truth is based upon the unchanging eternal attribute of God. And because God is holy and because God is just and God is righteous, then there is right and there is wrong. And God has given us the capacity as human. God has give you, given you and I the capacity to be able to choose. You, you remember that is what we are dealing with here at the moment. We are looking at number six. We are looking at this capacity, this ability that God has given us to be able to choose between what is right and what is wrong. And we have looked at that, that truth is not relative. Let's read Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. The four beasts, they say something. They, they rest not day and night. I'm jumping some things here. They are saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Psalm 89, verse 14. Righteous and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and loving kindness and truth go before your face. Now, this is very, very important. God is holy. God is righteous. God is just. And because, and this attribute of God, I mean, obviously there are so many other attributes of God. These attributes of God are the standard that help us to measure what is right and what is wrong. God has revealed to a human what is right. He has revealed to a human what is wrong. And he has revealed to this to us in the Bible, and in the revelation of himself, you know, ultimately in the revelation of the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In the revelation of the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, the devil will always come to want to challenge the truth. Isn't that what he did in the Garden of Eden? He came to the woman and the man also followed suit. He said, is that the truth? Truth is absolute. They soon find out that truth is absolute because they were driven out. Because truth is truth. And we've seen that revealed to us in the scripture. God has revealed to a human. And through his word, God has revealed to us what is truth. You know, it reminds me when we started long, long time ago, this teaching, we are talking about the first or the second, third, there about, you know, episode of this teaching, we went to read Psalm 19. So let's read that Psalm again. In fact, these are the very three verses that we read concerning the word of God that actually explain for us and lay out for us the standard of truth. Psalm 19, verses 7 to 9. The law of the Lord is perfect concerning the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The status of the Lord arise, rejoicing the earth. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. I mean, we don't want to go back to what we have said before, but look at this sixth description of the word of God, the word of truth. The word of God is the word of truth. The word of truth. This is truth. And God has expressed and laid out for us the truth in his word. His word is called law, testimony, status, commandment, fear, and judgment. And in his word, we have a revelation of the truth. And he called that truth is perfect. It is sure. It is right. It is this. You can understand. We can know what is right and what is wrong. 
done because God has revealed that to us. Next time when we look at number seven, we are going to see more of this. The word of God, the word of God is the Lord, testimony, status, commandment, fear, and judgment. It is perfect. It is sure. It is right. It is pure. This is pure truth. It is clean. It is true. And it is righteous. Okay. There is truth. And because there are, there is truth. <clears throat> And then you and I have the capacity, God has given us the ability and the responsibility to choose what is right and to deny what is wrong. God expects us as human, God expects us to act in a morally responsible manner in accordance with biblical laws and precepts. God expects each and every one of us to act in a morally responsible manner. What is a morally responsible manner? Is living a life that is at par with what has been revealed to us in the law of God, in the precepts of God, in the, in, in the word of God. And this is the way we are going to be able to choose. To choose the word of God is to choose what is right. Let's read the book of Micah. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He, has, he God, has showed thee, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly before thy God. You see that God has shown us what is good. How? Primarily in his word and ultimately in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has shown us what is good. God has shown us what he required. There is a standard of rightness. There's a standard of what is right. And God is going to use that standard to judge each and every one of us. So Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says that God has shown it to us. You know, we read it the other time. You know, the things of God can be seen by what has been created. God has shown it to us what is good, what is required to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly before our God. So God has given us that capacity. God has given us that ability for us to be able to choose between what is right and what is wrong. And God will hold us responsible. God wants to make us to use number five. God wants to, us to use our, free, our capacity of free will to make rational choices. God wants us to use that capacity to choose what is right. And what is right? is to live in accordance with the word of God, is to live in accordance with the will of God. Hallelujah. Now, unlike humanity, animals do not possess an innate sense of morality. <laughs> okay? There's definitely no evidence to show that animals possess any sense of morality or ethics. Now, obviously, to domesticated animals can be trained to do or not to do certain things. Okay, you can train your cat, where to go when they want to poo-poo or when they want to wee, you can train them. But animals do not possess this innate sense of morality like we human. Why? Because they were not created in the image of God. Our capacity, our innate capacity and ability to discern between what is right and wrong and to choose between right and wrong, God has given that all that capacity because we were created in the image of God. Animals have no innate sense of morality for they are not created in the image of God. 
a god does not feel sorry for biting a bystander, does he? No. A cat does not feel guilty for scratching somebody that that that, that holds them or a stranger. A cat does not feel guilty. A goat does not feel sorry or guilty after they've eaten the food you left on your table because you turned your back. A lion obviously does not apologize for killing, you know, other animal for an afternoon meal. No, they don't apologize for that. Why? Because they don't have any sense of rightness and wrongness. Now, if you feel you're an animal, <laughs> you may want to justify why you act like animals without any sense of rightness and wrongness. Have you? I don't know whether you do this. I watch some of these films when they show, you know, true to life films of people that commit crime. And indeed, you, you look at some people and you think, are they human? Because they've lost any sense of what is right and what is wrong. They've become animalistic. And is, 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 it, is, it, any, is it any wonder when people want to tell us that we, we are from animals, that we are from nowhere, we are, going from, we are going nowhere and we evolve from animals. No wonder people act like animals. But we are not animals, we are human. We are human. We are created in the image of God. And because we are created in the image of God, God has given us free will capacity to make choices, our previous teaching. And because of that free will capacity that God has given us, we can choose what is right and turn our back against what is wrong. Now, the question obviously is, do we have the strength now because of the fall. Now, obviously, we are still in Genesis chapter 1 before the fall. Obviously, because of the fall, things are falling apart. Now, oftentimes, even though we want to do what is right, we like, lack the capacity to do what is right. Okay? You want to be the, a good husband. You want to be a good wife. You want to be a good son, a good daughter. You want to be the best days. I'm talking about with respect to our character, with respect to our nature. You want to decide for what is true, but you're afraid. You don't want to be left out. You don't want, you want to be one of the, you want to be cool, okay? We've lost that capacity to be able to stand for what is right because that is the result of the fall. But in Christ Jesus, God has given you the capacity. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, remember? He will give you the capacity to obey the truth and to live the truth. Is the spirit of truth. The Lord Jesus said, I am come. Is the spirit of truth. I have come that they might have life and they might have it abundantly. There is a life that God will give you when you get born again to be able to live the truth, not live a lie. Unfortunately, there is a lot of people living a lie today out of fear and out of deceit. Because the Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers so that they don't see the light of the glory of God in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. The whole world is lying in darkness. We have turned it upside down. We have decided that evil is good and good is evil. We are living in a world now that is living a lie. But all that will change if you come to Jesus. Because the truth is this, we can call good evil and evil good all night long on the standard, the standard of judgment. And we will all stand before God. The standard of judgment is the truth in Christ Jesus. And when we come to him today, he will give us the capacity. You know, John was writing in, in the third book of the, the episode of John. He said, I have no more joy than to see my children walk in the truth. 
we can walk in the truth. The Lord Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciple indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When we come to him and we begin to study the word of God, there is a power, there is a spirit, the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He will show us the truth and he will give us the strength to experience the truth and the strength to walk in the truth. And we will be able to experience the power of truth. Now, people don't walk in the truth, number one, maybe because they are deceived. Number two, maybe because they are afraid. But there is power in the word of God. There is power in the Holy Spirit that when you want to walk, when you decide that you will obey the truth and invite Jesus Christ into your life and Savior, if you are a child of God, a daughter of God, a son of God, there is a power of truth that can work in your life, in our life. The Lord Jesus said you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be my witness. You will be a witness for the truth. Now there may be challenges, there may be obstacles on the way, but there will be power to live for the truth. The, 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 the Holy Scripture is full of men and women that stood for the truth. Some of them died. Some of them, God gave them miracle. We can look at people like Daniel, the three Hebrew children. They stood for the truth. The Lord Jesus Christ himself is apostle. They live for the truth, not for lie. And that is one of the image of God in man. Yes, it has been, it has been bastardized in the fall, but it can be restored and it will be restored when you give your life to Christ. Hallelujah. So that is the capacity. That is one of the image. That's one of the content of the image of God in human. So we're going to stop it there today. And I want to speak to you this evening, my brother, my sister, if you are not yet received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I call you brother and sister because you are human. I'm human. We are brothers and sisters in that sense. But we can be brothers and sisters in a special sense when we both belong to the family of God. I want you to use your free will capacity that God has given you to choose for truth, to choose for what is right, what is righteous, what is holy, what is, what is, what is pure. I want you to use your capacity to choose to choose for life. Come to Jesus tonight. Admit that you are a sinner because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it's not come to condemn you. It's come to help you. All you need to do is to invite him and say, I cannot help myself. Come in, help me. He will. And he will take that defeated spirit, that wrong spirit that always want to do wrong. He will take it out. He will give you a new spirit. And he will start working with you and developing in you the capacity to be able to stand and live for what is right. And when this is all over, you will then spend eternity with him in the new heaven and new earth. Do it today. Do it right now. Because tomorrow may be too late. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.